My name is Sharzad Kiade. I'm a Gemini pescatarian, a mom of two wild little boys. I'm Susan Yara. I'm a mom of two also. This morning, I went to the bathroom alone. I woke up at five, put my boob in her mouth, and then she took a dump. Because that's what she uses me for. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear a lot of our stories and experiences in our crazy journeys to motherhood. It's fam for all moms, not for all dads, not fathers and moms, for all moms. It's going to be a good old time. You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories. And uh, to kick off the new year, what better than take you to a very special place with our guest Priyanka from the blog MapRoot.in. So sit back and enjoy as we take you to one of the biggest religious congregations in the world, the Kumbh Mela. Priyanka, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast. Hi Priyanka, welcome to the Musafir Stories. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Thank you, thank it's you. It's our pleasure and yeah, uh, we're always you. looking to have uh, different people to offer us different uh, perspectives about traveling and uh, traveling to different places given that India is so diverse in this um, in this regards, right? So we're really glad to have you and uh, before we get into the details, right, of the destination and um, the topic we want to discuss, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of a background about your travel story. Um, I basically started uh, traveling way back in 2009 and it was like a pure uh solo travel trips because uh-huh. i think uh, one of the reasons that i started traveling was because i just wanted to be on my own i just went on a impromptu almost impromptu not entirely because it was one of my first trips to south uh-huh. india from mumbai i'm basically based in mumbai i okay. went in a bus trip uh, to south india bangalore mysore goa and um, yeah that's how my solo traveling started it's wonderful that you have it figured out and um, yeah, we look forward to your uh, uh, blogs about a uh, number of different travels that you have done. But uh, today we are here to discuss um, something very special about uh, a very grand event, the Kumbh Mela or um, the Arth Kumbh Mela specifically, right? The one that's coming up in Allahabad. Um, uh, we thought it might be a great way to um, kind of inform our listeners also about this um, wonderful event that happens. Uh, pretty much uh, one of the biggest gatherings, uh, religious gatherings in the world where over uh, a hundred million people descend upon uh, the the place where this event happens. That's the topic of discussion today and we wanted to kick it off by uh, getting into some of the uh, background and uh, history about this, um, the Kumbh Mela, right? Uh, give us a, a brief background about this, um, Priyanka. This is like the mythological story of um, the Kumla. Uh-huh. What they say is that uh, at some point, the Devas and the Asuras, you know, uh, in English, we would call them demigods or demons. Right. They basically got into a fight mm-hmm. and um, there was no way to kind of sort it, like, you know, how to sort this thing. And then um, what transpired was they got like a lot of gods involved and they also went to Shiva and all. And um, they got him involved. Like what happened is they basically... 
uh, took a huge mountain which we call mount meru which is like considered very sacred and a really huge okay. and then they um, put it in the ocean which is like the ocean of the world and uh, they took this huge snake which is uh, it's vasuki i'm not entirely sure but that right. snake is also a really historical and um, i think our mythology is so colorful it's like amazing <laughs> so um, basically they had to churn this ocean because they wanted the pot of nectar because everyone wanted to become uh, immortal right so they they tied this vasuki to the mount meru and they started you know like the devas would pull from one end and the asuras will pull from the other end right. so it would become like a churning pot right. and so the mount meru will churn the ocean and uh, when it started churning like a lot of things came out at one point there was a lot of poison which came out so they actually had to bring shiva down so uh, they got shiva and he, they made him drink all the poison because uh, mm-hmm. otherwise the poison would overflow into the world and it would destroy everything a lot of things came out of the ocean one after the other and uh, one of the things that came out in the midst of things was a uh, pot of nectar and uh, mm-hmm. the devas didn't want uh, the asuras to have this nectar because uh, if they had it it will make them immortal so what they right. did was they kind of came up with this ploy and they requested vishnu who's a, a considered a god and uh, you know he came down in a female uh, uh, form and he seduced mm-hmm. a lot of the asuras and stuff and in midst of all of that uh, the pot of nectar was taken away far from the asuras so um, when the pot, pot of nectar was taken away what uh, what the legend says is that a few drops of it fell in like four places and uh, these four places is where the kumela is held Mm-hmm. so basically these four places are considered like really auspicious places so even when the kumela is not there these four places are still considered fairly auspicious sure we are talking about haridwar alahabad or prayag that region is called prayag and now there are there is also some talk of changing the name of alahabad into prayagraj so uh, those two and uh, a little bit to the south of india is uh, i mean it's, it's not really to the south it's in the middle of india is uh, nasik and um, ujjain right Ujjain falls in Madhya Pradesh which is like central India while uh, Trimbakeshwar is in Maharashtra and it's quite close to Mumbai and uh, Haridwar and uh, Allahabad are both in the north yeah, and and uh, you're just going back a little bit to the etymology also right the name i think kumbh mela yeah. uh, i think kumbh was a pot the pot of nectar that you were uh, referring to right that was uh, churned out of the ocean that, that that's what it's named after as well right yeah it it is the pot of nectar but um the, the thing is kumbh is all like that a pot is considered very auspicious in a lot of other occasions like for example when we uh, you know have like a um, we take a new home or something mm-hmm. then one of the first rituals that is done is you take a kumbh and you fill it with uh, coconut and the some leaves and all and you take it into the house like one girl will basically take it inside the house she will place it in a specific place so the, my point is that the kumbh is a very auspicious maybe it has come from that kumbh but in general that kumbh also signifies this other kumbh which is for all religious stuff you always have a kumbh you okay. know you will always have this pot with a coconut in it with those leaves in it mm-hmm. so uh, the kumbh by itself is very very auspicious for any uh, religious kind of a puja or anything that's happening right right but what is very clear is that this is definitely like an organ- uh, place where and this uh, event has been happening for thousands and thousands of years right. and like this is a place where a lot it's like a confluence you know of all the various uh, religious diversity that happens within the country and it just comes down and meets at this point absolutely uh, majorly within hinduism but it actually also includes uh, sikh uh, sikh people who do uh, participate in it right 
Yes, that's uh, that's very true, and uh, yeah, that's why we thought it's uh, definitely worthy of um, being a topic on the podcast, even though we covered destinations primarily. But we thought this event in mm-hmm. itself um, was really significant to our community, and it's also one of a kind, right? As as uh, we mentioned at the beginning as well, there's a conference of over a hundred million people at uh, at one point at that mm-hmm. place, right? Whenever this happens, and in terms of the frequency that this happens, um, can you give us a little bit of a background as, as to when this happens as well, Priyanka? So basically, there are these four places where the Kumela happens. So in each place, there is one uh, main Kumela, which is called the uh, Purna Kumela, full Kumela. Mm-hmm. Happens every twelve years. Right. I mean, it would seem that because there are four places in every twelve years, so every three years in one place it should happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not how it works. What happens is uh, Haridwar and Ilapad they have the Kumela happening. Um, every three years like the uh, the full kumela in Allahabad and uh, then the one in Haridwar will happen at a distance of three years right but uh, then the one that happens in Nasik and Ujjain like they happen together or they happen at a distance of one year okay so it's not separated so equally yeah, I mean, then, yeah it's yeah. A not a regular frequency of that sort right yeah it also makes sense because like this is all on the basis of the almanacs and uh, tithis right your lunar calendar so then they probably have some calculation going on as to when it happens and then um, uh, between the two full like every 12 years there is one full kumela in one place between that on the after 6 years there is one ardha kumela Right. So the one that's happening in Allahabad right now is like the Alda Kumela, uh, right. because the one in 2019, right? Yeah, because uh, 2013 they had um, a Purna Kumela, and then after that in six years, that's in 2019 they'll have the Alda Kumela. Um, also, an important thing to know is this: uh, after every 144 years, because that's uh, 12 into 12. Uh, after every 144 years, they have this Mahakumbh, like that's like super super big. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> That happened in 2013 in Allahabad only. So that one was the one where over 100 million people came in, and that that's like an insane level of kumb. Because I think it's something like okay, even if you miss the smaller kumbs, you won't want to miss the bigger kumb. Right. Yeah. And 140 years is a big deal. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, insane. It's like once in a lifetime. lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, perhaps not even that for some of us, right? So. Yeah. um yeah it's it's wonderful and uh, tell us about your experiences uh, a little bit we have now that we have set up the context uh, pretty well um tell us a little about your experiences as to when you uh, uh, got to visit both uh, the kumbh melas and uh, which of these have you had a chance to visit so you know in 2013 when that huge one was happening i, w- I was so eager to go but right. i just um, i basically didn't go because so before we uh, talk about going to kumela specifically we should uh, i i want to mention that see uh, travelers who are listening to this podcast like if they visited any of these major religious places of india if you've been to uh, varanasi or such then you will have an idea of uh, what this kind of event will uh, be like the thing is at that time in 2013 i had not experienced all of these places so i was very hesitant to just randomly land up at that mahakum <laughs> so yeah. uh, unfortunately i couldn't go um but the thing is by the time like the next kum came that was in 2015 there was the kum uh, in uh, trimbakeshwar so by the time i had been to haridwar and i had been to uh, varanasi on my own as a solo traveler and my visit mm-hmm. to varanasi was insane like it was it was one of my first visits to like a religious place and it's insane because see usually what happens we go to these religious places as family Right. Mm-hmm. So then, mostly it's the adults, like the older folks. They just take care of everything, and there are set rituals we have to follow. So you just go in that flow. But then, when you go sure. as a traveler, all of a sudden that whole place is open for you to explore. 
you are not following your set rituals you are not really doing things from the perspective from your faith and all like faith and all is there but you are also looking to explore just experience the place in a deeper way so sure uh, that varanasi trip that happened that was like a really big ayana and then so by the time i went to the my kumbh in 2015 i was already prepared for a lot of things i i had my fill of uh you know those pandas they call them in hindi or gujarati right like these mm-hmm. people like they are little bit like touts they'll they'll want to do puja and all for you but they'll kind of keep asking you for money and all they are pushing you here there and do many things within the religious framework so it's kind of really scary especially if you're like a solo person and also as a mm-hmm. woman right because a lot of these places are very male oriented like for example in varanasi there was this whole line in front of the temple and uh most of them are men the women are always standing at the side of their husband or their father or something but if you're going as a solo woman you're just standing there and you're there in the midst of all men and sometimes they may not keep a distance and also i have to keep telling them please keep your distance like yeah. sure so all such various things end up happening so especially as a solo woman going into a religious event you have to be prepared so um so now coming to the kumela when i went uh, the 2015 one which i went for mm-hmm. uh I was very wary about these things because I had already experienced it and I knew it was so difficult for me. So so I deliberately didn't chose the uh, so in the Kumela there are these important days like big days were very right. auspicious so like the uh, masses the crowd just multiplies like insane on those days. Mm-hmm. So I didn't choose those days. I went on the non snahi shan days. These are these are called shahi snan. Shahi right. means royal mm-hmm. and snan means bath. So these right. are like royal bath days. Right. So I didn't go on those days. I went on the normal days, and thankfully, like uh, it was actually, I, I think I also missed, like uh, you know, these uh, Shahi Snan days. Some of them are more important than others, also. So mm-hmm. by the time I had landed up in the Kumbh, most of these days were kind of over. So I had gone in a very, I, for me, it was very nice because there was not so much crowd. A lot of the ghats were a little bit empty. Mm. How about the accommodation and everything, Priyanka? Did you take care of it before going there? So uh yeah I done a google search and I found some of these camps I just called them and asked them to book something for me the thing is because it was a non shaisnan day and it was not the peak season I there was no pressure on me to really book and give an advance and all I just said keep one bed for me so this was basically a, a female dormitory and uh, so what happens with accommodations especially again in these religious places is that a lot of these ashrams and all are there the problem is especially if you're a solo traveler whether you're a guy or a girl they will not give accommodation to a solo person okay. even if they have it free so uh, the dormitories within these ashrams and all tend to be mixed mm-hmm. it's usually for families and also you can't i don't know whether i can go and all so i didn't opt for those so then uh, what what uh, you should opt for especially if you're solo as you go for these camps where a lot of these foreign women are also there so that okay. it's usually fairly safe and i'll also get these other so, uh, foreign women and all who are usually solo and sometimes indian women are also there but typically they run on the basis of foreigners who end up coming uh, as a solo person otherwise you know for indians mostly these are like family occasions also right. so uh, they become like a different set of people so where they might stay i may not be able to stay so it's very important that especially as a solo person you should think through your accommodations and sure. guys especially like guys can be totally chilled over here because see so many humans are there mm-hmm. so there are a lot of these mandaps like big tents are created by a lot of paths like a lot of these gurus and a lot of paths will come there right and they they'll have their own setups so a lot of them create these huge tents and in the tents these people will just go and they'll sleep there like literally on the ground they may have a small bed sheet or something you just roll it out and take a little you know the clothes or whatever is in a little bag they put it as a pillow and the shoes are nearby that they just stay like that and the government mm-hmm. or even the ashrams and all they will have bathrooms and also they use those facilities however they get mm-hmm. 
so especially guys like they can totally rough it out and do whatever like i have some friends who are guys and uh, they really wanted to experience the kumbh very very properly so they did, they literally went like these local people you know with minimum clothing and uh, just even minimum stuff like not even carrying anything much they actually stayed like these people and uh, that's totally okay for them but uh, I, i i wouldn't opt for it because you know as a woman we are just a lot more careful and uh, Yeah. So maybe in your own words can you explain how the scene was when you got to the Kumbh Mela the first day? It's really amazing because there's you can literally just surely make out the kind of people coming in and they're completely different like right. uh, some of them are hardcore yogis right I mean these are sadhus and uh, not so much like Naga Babas have been hyped up a lot but then they usually stay in the enclosure. Mm-hmm. because i think they don't like all the attention so so they don't really come out and roam around too much. Mm-hmm. Some of them do but very less sorry to interject but i just want to ask one question uh, like just to um, give our listener a little bit of a background about these uh, naga babas or the naga sadhus right uh, can you speak a little bit to that like uh, who these people are where they come down from and uh, describe to us also like um, they they're very unique in that way right my in, my my information on this is also quite limited but i'll tell you whatever i know mm-hmm. see uh, what happens at the kumbh mela is that from as i said earlier also from all the paths of hinduism and sikhism and maybe even other small religions i don't even know but all of them just come there they set up their camps because they all want to experience this right so what it includes is all of these akhadas like in hinduism there are a lot of akhadas which are like sects maybe you can say or they're just groups right. who follow a path uh, of hinduism and one of them is your uh, naga babas and all who are the ones who basically will be nude mm-hmm. and they uh, they'll rub uh, vibhuti vibhuti is like sacred ash right. they rub it all uh, on their body they have dreadlocks and stuff the other thing is these uh, naga baba sect they are very closed mm-hmm. like they are they are not so open to public and i personally know this because uh, even uh, when i went to varanasi i wanted to see a few of them because especially over there there are these agoris mm-hmm. so agoris are also similar because uh, they are also these swamis who with dreadlocks and ash covered fully ash covered ones hmm. but they are very closed and i had a friend who had actually got some contact with agoris and had been to the ashram and all also hmm. but uh, she was also telling me that it's a very closed sect okay. and probably also you know because the outsiders are probably coming with a very wrong uh, intention because yeah. they see them as yeah because they see them as naked they just get excited but that's it right like right. they have their own thing that they are following and we need to maintain our respect and stuff mm-hmm. right because i think even if you see the uh, i mean the ideology that they have that they are more connected to the uh, afterworld than this current world Nature, yeah. yeah and uh, they believe more in uh, staying close to god so at that time i think if a person comes around with a camera and i've seen a lot of people like asking them to pose for pictures yeah. and all that so maybe that uh, doesn't go that well with them so maybe that's the reason they prefer to stay a little secluded from the rest of the crowd even, even otherwise i think only on important occasions like this is when they descend down right yeah. uh, i don't think you yeah. uh, see them a uh, lot other on other days right usually for events like the kumela that's when they descend down in numbers otherwise uh, very limited also in terms of accessibility yeah yeah the ashrams and all they are very closed and uh, they come out in the shahi snan so what happens during uh, shahi snan is that uh, the, even for that particular night where the dip is supposed to happen or day whatever the hours are also uh, dis- decided by the almanac right what is the auspicious hour right. and what not mm-hmm. so according to the hours like uh, these uh, sadhus and all also they have their own internal order and seniority and whatever it is sure. so uh, as per the order they will come down to take the shahi snan dip that uh, itself is like a fairly um, 
uh, it's it's like an occasion because like in my next kumela i went to ujjain right so the ujjain one i actually went for the shahi snan days because oh, i felt okay. confident enough and i was very excited also to experience the shahi snan mm. and this was my second kumela so i thought i could like it, it would be great and it was amazing because the shahi snan night the environment just changes mm. i mean it is it is so electric yeah like on before because when i went to timbakeshwar things were a lot more emptier and i chose that time right to go on an empty time where things are not too chaotic for sure. me sure mm-hmm. but the ujjain one was like amazing because i went on these um, peak days there were like the two or three shahi snans coming together and that's when i was there in the middle of it so uh, one of the shahi snan nights like it was a full night of dipping the whole night i just stayed up and i was roaming around and stuff so i was part of this like i, I was kind of standing as the spectator to this whole procession that comes down uh, you just stand somewhere where the main ghat is there and all of these like outsiders won't be allowed in that ghat in that time because okay. all of these sects have priority because obviously like, right. these are like major you know seekers and all and they'll be doing the sadhana they want to make use of this occasion so they are given those slots and everything so then there's a whole procession that happens like hundreds of people are just standing at the side like me watching and then the uh, so one of the procession and that was the naga baba procession and the whole bunch of them came some like most of us were standing respectfully but like some youngsters and all they kind of start acting smart and doing some funny stuff <laughs> then these naga babas are super fierce like this one guy he just he, he took a stick and was going to beat him <laughs> <laughs> okay because he was acting smart right yeah. he just jumped into the way and he was i don't know maybe he was trying to click a photo but this guy just took a <laughs> taken he was going to hit him this uh, mischievous fellow ran off mm. <laughs> but uh, it's quite something like the whole environment it gets uh, really charged and it's really amazing mm. and the other thing like i don't know a lot of people know but uh, apart from naga babas there's also women sect who is very similar okay. but uh, but they don't come out in the nude at all because obviously right the social situation sure. doesn't allow it mm. but uh, they only nude within their their campus but when they come out they wear some clothes and come out i was very surprised to know about this but like i uh, i read about it and uh, came to know about these things mm. uh, it's quite amazing because like you know uh, there is so much talk on the outside about like especially in urban educated circles about india being so patriarchal and so uh, regressive in certain ways for, with regards to women but if you go to this kumela i mean you know it's amazing because within the um, within the format of religion you, you can do so many things like i'm solo right over there so right. even then at 3 in the morning i can go and have a dip in the river mm. alone because the environment is so many people that it's just so okay like i don't think any of us will face any problem there and even that shaisna night i mm. just decided to stay awake and just be part of it so there's nothing of like unsafe i mean it's, it's amazing like you can just go everyone is expecting everyone realizes you know that uh, it's just very different environment and uh, even like people are taking dips and all you know like some of us okay i have proper clothes and all i'll plan from before that i'm going to take a dip but a lot of the locals come and they just have their own one or two pairs and you know they'll just uh, take a dip and somewhere they are changing and it's it's just a very nice environment like no hooliganism no nothing of that sort happens like it's really beautiful sure and i think it's uh, very impressive also right uh, given the scale at which it happens that it's uh, relatively safe for women is what you're saying by experience um, mm-hmm. kudos to everybody who is a part of that as well as the governments who help in organizing this right as well as the local bodies and the police forces that are there to keep the calm and everything so i think um, it's um, hats off to them as well but uh, as you said overall mm-hmm. i think it's the environment and the atmosphere that it is which which is um, really that of uh, faith that of uh, i think yeah 
devotion and everything. So that's why yeah. that also comes across. Uh, I'm sure you noticed that too. And uh, just touching back upon um, your mention about the Shahi Snan, and uh, I think the reason that this is so significant during all the days of the Kumbh is uh, because it is believed that um, once you do a holy dip or the Shahi Snan, uh, like they call it, it is believed that you wash yourself of all the sins you've done as well as yeah. it helps in attaining moksha, right? Uh, that's that's the significance of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like That is why people come like it's considered a lot more auspicious than other days. Otherwise, you know, going to Ganga, taking a dip is also a very uh, pure, like considered very sacred by everyone in Hinduism and all. But uh, definitely like Kaila days are even more, uh, I mean, people are always encouraged to make use of that opportunity. The other thing, you know, however, it's um, what happens is I think more than just like people do want to make use of that opportunity to, uh, you know, get their uh, sins washed away and all that stuff. But I think more than that, what really pulls them is that whole environment because there's it's you just meet so many people over there who are like into their own paths, you know, spiritual paths. They are doing the sadhanas, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Like there are also like people coming in from like these modern yoga schools and stuff. And then there are these very more ancient kind of traditions like the Nagas and all, which is much more ancient. So mm-hmm. that whole mix of it is something really amazing because like everyone's there for that one reason. I mean, I'm sure there are some other people who are just coming to see and all. I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm sure there is a certain percent of those, but most of the people you will find, they are so, uh, you know, you're dropping all your uh, differences and all, you're just there for that one purpose. And Mm -hmm. it's really amazing because if you see at the end, those different people that are coming, they're very different. Like uh, these may be people from uh, smaller towns versus bigger cities or there's like a yoga, you know, like a vinyasa yoga from Mysore versus some completely different tradition from North. So there are a lot of differences. And uh, and like, for example, I met, you know, like uh, uh, in Trimbakeshwar, for example, I was uh, standing in the temple queue and the group that Mm -hmm. we had was so eclectic. Like there was this one lady who was like this Canadian who had come down because she followed mm-hmm. some guru in uh, Bangalore. And so she was with that group, but uh, she was my roomie in the dorm. So I, I was with her and I was coming mm-hmm. from another uh, yoga school. Like I uh, I follow another yoga school in the South again. So I, I had that background and I'm actually not even a Hindu. I'm a Jain. Okay. So that's another difference. Then there was this other guy who, who had basically just jumped into the line and we were quite bugged with him initially, but then that got forgotten in the process so this guy was somebody from Faridabad in uh, Madhya Pradesh again and he was an astrologer like a traditional astrologer person like a Brahmin so that that was a very different background then there were another two or three who were standing as they were a family and uh, they were from some village or something so we didn't interact much but we all became like a group you know and uh, it was amazing because it, it was so eclectic and all our understandings were so different but at the end we would still come together for the same thing sure i think uh, there's that feeling of oneness right uh, as you s- seem to be saying even though there's uh, so many uh, confluence of so many uh, diverse sects and people and uh, ideologies uh, there is this feeling of oneness as you uh, as you become a part of uh, this yeah. whole uh, really it's a phenomenon more than an event right uh, i think that's what is so significant about it and uh, uh, just to touch upon um, you you did mention a little bit about uh, say your um, living arrangements right you lived in a yeah. dormitory uh, but i've also seen these huge uh, literally tent cities right uh, around um, the, the main yeah. area uh, what are these all about uh, priyanka so basically these uh, camps they are called camps so they have a lot of different uh, tiers of kind of accommodation you can get and so there are also very, very expensive kind of tents which are available where you get a tent and that tent also has a small bathroom in it and all. And then, of course, it kind of uh, there are smaller tents which like 
four people or so then there are small of full dormitories like six or eight beds so people can choose where they want to stay but uh, especially if you're going for the more expensive one then i think they would get full and all because they are less in number i think that's something to keep in mind and uh, um, also touching upon um, uh, the different kind of activities that happen there right uh, obviously you mentioned that the shai snan is done on specific days and uh, that is uh, one of the more significant of the activities but otherwise right while you're part of the kum what are the different kinds of activities that go on uh, say day to day or uh, during the course of the day right uh, what are the things that you come across so there's a lot going on because like i said there's just so many people these camps are there like a lot of these uh, gurus and all will come down and set their entire uh, camp so all those camps keep having something or the other like that guru himself uh, if he is coming down there then he will have a discourse Uh, like i think the government or the organization who organizes it they ma- maintain some discourses going on mm-hmm. in a in a common mandap so uh, for example swami mm-hmm. ramdev is someone who is usually taking a shibir or something so for seven days every day in the morning he will be doing his yogas then um, following him somebody else will come and talk so there are these common mandaps which are there where you can always just go and something is going on typically because there's so much of diversity you may not want to randomly sit somewhere because it may not be so relevant for you so you would want to figure out what interests you and you want to find those kind of places and those activities but that's one thing like as of now i have not found any one place where you can get a list of things because i think it's it's too too dynamic too diverse and uh, i don't think as of now there's any central body which has planned you know like where you can just google google out like how all the activities and pick one and choose but uh, you keep searching on google that usually helps because these uh, individual guru organizations they will post what they are doing on their organization in their mandap and then the common mandap you just have to go and inquire when you reach there and um, yeah if you want to particularly like listen to one guru or something then you'll have to book in advance also according to it but in general like that's one thing that can be done the other thing that can be done is like obviously you want to take a dip also so you have to figure that out when you're planning to take a dip and then um yeah right. and then uh, go for any of the sessions so the other thing that happens is uh, you want to visit the temple and uh, usually all of these places are these huge temples you know like ujjain has omkareshwar uh, shiva temple then uh, trimbakeshwar uh, in nashik there is trimbakeshwar shiva temple and i'm sure in allahabad and haridwar also there are uh, major temples so those temples obviously there is a huge line there i mean that line is like 4 hours 5 hours long so uh, that's that's a huge time consuming thing then you have to decide which temple you want to go to because usually in these places there are four five huge temples which will have these long lines so you decide what you want to do which ones you want to go to and um, one thing about temples and also the dips actually is that if you maintain your timing properly then you can uh, seriously cut down the time spent in lines because for example temples always mm-hmm. go at that time at the moment it opens 5:36 whatever it opens go at that time that's the best time because um, the crowd is so much lesser and max you may have to stand for like 40 minutes like timbakeshwar i went in the morning at uh, 5:30 or 6 i reached there then i had to stand for 45 minutes but any time even uh, mm-hmm. 15 minutes 20 minutes later the line just keeps growing and growing and growing Mm-hmm. Uh and the other thing is if you go in a time when there's a little less crowd no you get a chance to sit there for a bit otherwise if the line is very long they're pretty much just pushing you out and mm-hmm. uh, not in a bad way also because they don't have an option right like when there are thousands of people in line what do you do you can't just allow everyone to sit the other thing is uh, to keep in mind that uh, like you could just skip the main things like for example in the trimbakeshwar temple also you can't sit inside the temple but the outside courtyard is completely empty like you can just sit there for how much ever time you want especially people who want to do yoga you want to do meditation or something 
there are always these non um, obvious routes Mm-hmm. So you can't get inside the main temple for sure. That has only one route. But if you want to just go into courtyard or something, there are these other gates and all where you can just go inside. So you have to be a little smart that way. But uh, it also depends on people's faith and all because in Hinduism, like they do consider that one main gate as the most auspicious. But like I personally don't think too much about these things. So I would just go into another gate and sit at the corner and do my meditation or whatever. I'll be very happy. And also the mm. guards, right? Because uh, there are some really major guards and a lot of people end up spending a lot of time just for that one main guard. but instead of that if you just go to another guard which is fairly empty you have a much better time because you you know it's here you can take your time you can take your dip be on your own get some solitude i mean so i think people should um, don't just rush in to do the main things just figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. you know go at your own pace and still get your own space it's not necessary that you oh, have right. to be overwhelmed by that crowd that's the main thing the only the other thing that uh, can be done there is uh, uh, like all these akhadas and all are there so apart from the major discourses and all you can actually meet those people that's also amazing like okay. uh, there are all these babas and all who are uh, doing pot so like <laughs> those are like big attractions yeah i know <laughs> the, 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 those are the pictures you see right uh, always on social media and everywhere uh, i think that's what it's made all about but of course there's a lot of other things as you mentioned but yeah, yeah go on such a small part of it so yeah. <laughs> but then you could also go and have pot with them a lot of them are actually very welcoming or um, but more than that there are these akhadas and all where you might genuinely meet some really amazing people you can sit and talk with them mm. and the most amazing thing you know what i have found is that these people they're covered in ash they have dreadlocks and stuff but they they speak such good english like i cannot really? believe okay. it the first few times i spoke with them and they are speaking such good english and i'm like oh my god where are you from <laughs> and then and then they are saying that these akhadas like these traditional hindu akhadas they actually have branches in germany and europe and all those things so i was very amazed so it's such a novel place like i think that's one of the best things after the dips and all which are also amazing the dips and the temple visit and all is super but after that and just meeting these people looking at diversity and just making your own connections that's really amazing and also like because i was solo or maybe even if you're not solo you just end up making these friends and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, somehow like at least for me because i have this whole background of yoga and all and i mean the conversations i was having was very interesting because i typically in the normal walk of life i don't find people who are so into spirituality and stuff so i can't have so many conversations with them but like here somehow the thing the environment is also such that we all start talking all these little deeper things which is kind of sure. interesting and i kind of you know i ask them about their path how do how they do some things wonderful wonderful and uh, yeah thank you for uh, setting up uh, setting this up so well um, with so much context and uh, for somebody looking to go there i think it gives like a, a good wholesome feeling right uh, for some like if you look at it from the outside for some of us it might just be about the shy sun for some of us as you said it might just be about the the pot smoking babas and uh, for uh, some of us it might just be about uh, religious procession but um, as you said there's so much so much more to this and uh, that's why even we wanted to have somebody um, who has experienced come in more than one place as well uh, to kind of give us a flavor of uh, what to expect especially given that the kumbhin uh, prayagraj or uh, alahabad as you mentioned is coming up in jan of uh, 2019 so uh, it goes on from jan of 2019 till march you said uh, march 4th yeah Okay so yeah for somebody who is looking to uh, plan an event to the 
upcoming kumbh mela i think uh, you've uh, set set up the uh, set up the context really well without uh, overloading people with information obviously people will have to do their own research in terms of uh, how they want to go about it uh, based on their preferences but uh, this is i think a, a very good way of giving a little flavor of uh, the different things that go on during this whole event the whole phenomena that kumbh mela is any any uh, final thoughts about um, traveling as a solo female traveler to such events and uh, especially the kumbh mela Priyanka? i think the normal precautions which solo traveler uh, solo women travelers will take should be taken yeah nothing mm-hmm. major just be a little careful where you're going mm-hmm. and don't just randomly enter places just i mean just use a bit of common sense and uh, i don't know what to say because i don't want to uh make people too cautious right because otherwise you just miss out on a lot of things because in these events a lot of random connections happen and a lot of things work but at the same time there are also uh situations where people ask your number and then they give you missed calls and random <laughs> things like that so if you just f- follow your instinct i think we can make it out because when some even if a baba or someone randomly asks you your number you you don't give it right like so mm-hmm. those basic common sense things you need to follow just because somebody is wearing saffron doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything absolutely i think so that's some uh, very good advice and uh, uh, last but not the least uh, when you're going there uh, with a group as a part of a group uh, make sure you stick together i guess right because uh, i think that's what uh, kumela has been uh, made popular uh, by yeah. bollywood movies right <laughs> lost in uh, kumela lost and found yeah no i mean they <laughs> meet each other after 12 years or so <laughs> but uh, the good thing is that the management has improved a lot i think uh, the police are being uh, there are a lot of police people stationed everywhere there's a lot of cleaning staff and a lot of organization in place in the last two years uh, like ujjain and trimbakeshwar they have had a zero uh, lost i mean no people were lost yeah uh, definitely i'm sure uh, like the uh, whole organization about it and everything has improved uh, a lot lot more but it's just bollywood's way of uh, uh, kind of making things bigger than they are right it just reminds me uh, i think i was reminded of uh, what was it i think uh, johnny lever in uh, soldier or uh, some movie like that he kept saying that mele mein bichad gaya mera bhai and he keeps looking for yeah. it <laughs> yeah i think there are a lot of such movies it's like a dance sure. story like mele mein kho gaye but i think it was uh, a genuine thing earlier on those days because you know in the timbakeshwar that i went the government was so uh, happily announcing that no one was lost so i was like that means people were being lost before <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true and uh, even in terms of the amount of um, money that uh, the government is spending now right uh, to have the organization in place and the infrastructure in place is um, also uh, pretty impressive uh, i was recently reading yeah. that uh, for the one uh, upcoming ardh kumbh mela in uh, allahabad right in prayagraj i think um, there's over 2000 crores or so that's being spent on the infrastructure and uh, setting up of all the facilities for um, all the pilgrims and the devotees that are um, going to uh, come down to this uh, mega event right of sorts so yeah. i think uh, it's it's a great preview of uh, the upcoming uh, kumela as well and uh, thank you so much for uh, running us by this in a very detailed fashion and uh, giving us all of these uh, different insights into uh, all the things one can expect at the kumb but uh, before letting you go why don't you tell us and our listeners how we can keep in touch with your work priyanka in terms of uh, your blogs and uh, other other places also where you post your stories so my blog is at maproot.in that's m a p r o u t e .in mm-hmm. and apart from that i'm on twitter at priyanka writing mm-hmm. 
and uh, also on instagram as at priyanka writing so if you want like uh, quick updates about what i'm traveling uh, where i'm traveling uh, right away then instagram and twitter is probably where you can find me and apart from that there's the blog and uh, the other thing is i might be coming with a podcast on my blog soon so yeah you can also listen to that <laughs> yes wonderful <laughs> so we will be adding uh, links to all of this in our show notes so all the listeners can go ahead and uh, check out priyanka's blog and her work and welcome to the podcasting community as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will keep uh, thanks uh, all of our listeners um, updated too uh, whenever you go live uh, do let us know priyanka and uh, we'll be more than happy to share your podcast so that more people can listen to it as well but uh, yeah we'd like to thank you a ton for um, taking time out and uh, sharing this one experience you had in this uh, uh, confluence mega confluence of um, people from all Uh, from different uh, sects of life right uh, more than anything and uh, as you as you rightly put it uh, even though there's uh, so much diversity in the type of uh, people that uh, come down right descend upon for this event uh, there's that feeling of oneness at the end and uh, i think that's something you'll only yeah get to experience while you're there so i urge everybody who's listening to this uh, if you are interested in the kumela it is a very good opportunity to go and um, explore this phenomena and uh, again once again thank you so much priyanka for uh, taking us through this wonderful journey. with you thank you priyanka and giving us a beautiful insight into this massive uh, mammoth event uh, yeah, thanks thank a lot you. and uh, thanks for the opportunity you. also thank you that was yet another great episode of the bazaar stories if you guys like the show please subscribe to us on itunes or apple podcasts audio boom seven pocket casts Castbox, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We go by the handle The Musafir Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at themusafirstories at gmail dot com or visit our website at www dot themusafirstories dot com. For more information, all of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing, and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye. At American University, we don't just hope for change; we create it. We don't just dream of a better world; we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose, and that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu/gradschool.